that's the idea is that we we kind of seek this approval over authenticity because mm. it's the approval means that we're in we're part of we're inside the circle as opposed to outside the circle yeah. and authenticity is one of the scariest things i feel that so many of us can do because it's saying regardless of how people respond to me i'm just going to show up as myself yeah Man, and that yeah. bit around you being careful as well is interesting. Yeah, like I feel that a lot because it's like actually that's me like maybe, yeah, coming from a beautiful place. And also like when I'm careful, it's also making myself slightly smaller, mm. you know. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? And you're a, you're a larger statue like <laughs> man than I am as well, as you know. So you, you have a presence. Um, and I love it. I love it. Best hugs oh, ever, dude. Oh, man. But, you know, I feel like that bit is like care. The care is yeah. around approval yeah. of not, not upsetting anyone when really the greatest contribution maybe we can make is just being more of ourselves. Because when we do that, we're not clenching. We're not competing. We're just serving and contributing. Oh, man. That's it right there. When you said... <laughs> that w the careful part is oh man oh man oh man welcome to the taking off the mask podcast my name is ashanti branch and i'm really glad you've joined us uh, happy new year uh, to our first episode of 2022 we are excited to introduce Luca Perry. Uh, Luca comes to this episode from Australia, from Melbourne. <laughs> so, some of us pronounce it like Melbourne, but it's it's Melbourne, right? Melbourne, Australia. And not only is it a really incredible story to figure out how I met Luca, uh, one thing I'm really excited about is this conversation um, had me at points speechless. Like he was dropping some nuggets about authenticity about connection that I, you, you'll hear it. Like, I, I, I don't even know how to reply <laughs> because it was so meaningful. You know, my first trip to Australia, I was invited to, um, on, on two different uh, platforms, you can say. I was invited by Brandon Cliff from the Mankind Project um, to go to a screening of the mask you live in and to meet and do a presentation while I was there to the to the folks that were going to be in the audience. And then it, that happened to be that same week that I was going to be in um, the Gold Coast doing the screening for the documentary. There was the EduChange conference happening in Melbourne. So I flew into the Gold Coast. I did the screening for the documentary. And then I went down to Melbourne for this uh, EduChange conference. I mean, this was an amazing conference. I don't even know the name of the building that it was in, but it was a amazing, beautiful building and educators from all over Australia and even around the world because um, I happen to be there with some other educators from the U.S. You know, uh, the night that we did the screening in Melbourne um, for the EduChange conference, Luca was hosting. He was the host. And so I get to the screening of the documentary and that conversation, that night is when this connection began. And it's been a beautiful journey ever since. I want to say that was uh, 2018. And so excited to be in this conversation with Luca. You know, Luca, we, you know, we don't talk about the resume of our, our host, but as a fellow educator, 
He was a principal at 27 years old, um, teacher of the year in Australia, like lots of accomplishments in education. But now he gets to work on the outside, not only working with educators, with companies, with organizations. And I'm really excited about this conversation, you know, as um, he was in transition and getting back home. Uh, we had a really good talk about not only the work that he's doing, but about how he has been able to show up in his life and his work around these masks. And authenticity is probably a key word from this episode. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. And if you haven't yet made a mask, you know, this million mask movement, we're really excited about for 2022. And we hope that if you haven't made one yet, you will make one. You can go to 100 kmasks.com and make a mask anonymously. Um, Luke and I are going to share ours publicly, but you can make one and decide who you're willing to let hear about it and see it. And we definitely invite you to share it with somebody who you think can benefit and share this episode with somebody who you believe can benefit from uh, the words that you're going to hear. Um, as we're going to kick off 2022, we're going to be talking to men from around the world. Um, there's many, many countries we've not talked to men from yet. And if you know someone who you think we should talk to, uh, please let us know. Maybe you don't know them. Maybe it's somebody who you've heard of and you think we should reach out to them. Let us know. And we look forward to even more conversations in this year with men of all ages around the masks that we feel sometimes uh, forced to wear. And this year, for sure, I will tell you one thing that's going to you're going to see this year. We're going to have our first episode in Spanish. Uh, it may be a hybrid of English and Spanish, and we haven't figured that out yet. Um, but we have some guests from Latin America, uh, and I want them to be able to communicate in there as most comfortably for them. Um, and because I speak Spanish, I'm excited about that. And so stay tuned. We don't know how we're going to necessarily translate those episodes yet, but we hope that you will tell somebody about it. And we're excited about uh, what's to come in 2022. We hope you're having a great start to the new year. And we thank you for being a part of the show. So glad to have not only Luke on the show, but I'm so glad to just see him again. Luke and I met in Australia. Um, whenever Forward was invited to present at the EduChange conference back in 2018, what an amazing experience! My first time in Australia, but not only that, just being on this world stage of a, of a platform of being able to share the work we're doing around masks. Um, I'm so glad to see you, Luca. Welcome to the show. Ashante, brother, it's fantastic to see you again, man. And uh, yeah, it's been a beautiful journey since we were really lucky to collide with each other. Man, it went fast. It went fast. I feel like it was just a little while ago, but 2018, I mean, I guess it everything feels a long, long time ago now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Any older than 2019 feels like forever, right? Mm. Man, well, yeah. like, how about you tell your folks, to, tell your folks who you are, tell, share with us, just share with folks who you are and what you want them to know about you as we're going to jump into these these masks and um, yeah, I'd love for you to be able to tell folks about yourself. Yeah, man, first of all, um, it's great to be chatting with you. I'm really honored to be part of this, this conversation. Um, and I've actually learned a lot from you, you know, from the whole concept of the mask and taking it off and kind of exploring healthy masculinity. It's been a really big journey for me. Uh, since I first kind of began this journey, um, who, who am I? <laughs> You know, I'm a f I, I'm the first of my family to be born in Australia. My mom is actually from Northern Greece, and my dad is from uh, Wales. 
with some Irish heritage as well. So I'm kind of Hellenic Celt, right? That's my ancestry. And yeah, I spent a lot of my, a lot of my kind of early years growing up in Adelaide, which is a beautiful city of 1.3 million people in South Australia. Um, you know, kind of an inner city experience, middle class. Um, dad's a psychiatrist, my mom's a teacher. And so it kind of had all those influences. Um, one of the big things for me is that education was like, it was, it was really celebrated. You know, my yaya marika, my Greek grandmother, and Papu Kuzma, my Greek grandfather, you know, they were around for most of my upbringing. And, but they had kind of grown up in the village, you know, and yaya had gone to school for two years. Um, primary school, she loved it. And then she, you know, they were so poor that she went back and worked on the farm, and on the tobacco farm. And so all I had to do, Ashanti, was like turn, show up and get a certificate for being present. And it was celebrated. You know, I was like, wow, you know, that went on the wall, you know, certificate of participation, grade three, you know, whatever it was. Um, so early on, like I really had this, uh, this kind of connection to education and development and growth and learning. And, um, you know, when I was 16, my Greek grandfather had a heart attack and died. Um, of course, those things are sudden. And it was the first time that as a young man, I really considered death and life, frankly, you know, my connection to who I am. You know, I, I thought of myself as an Aussie, as an Australian. I didn't have any real connection to my Greek, Welsh, Irish heritage at all. Um, and that kind of opened a door for me and I stepped through it. And I've been walking and stepping through doors ever since, I guess. So after, you know, 18, lived in Europe for a year and a half, moved to Dublin, North County, Dublin, grew up in a beautiful, well, spent six months in a beautiful suburb there. And I had my kind of curly hair, kind of somewhat, you know, theatrical, you know, I love drama and musical theater and love, love athletics as well. And I was playing sport out there, but, you know, I was the only one that wasn't a skinhead. And so, you know, that was a real interesting moment for me in terms of identity as well. I was like, well, okay. Who am I really? So the rite of passage, it was the separation from family and going over and kind of exploring who I might be as a man. And so I spent another year traveling around Europe as sometimes, you know, we used to do in the old days, Ashanti. Um, and uh, then returned back to Australia and decided to be, well, to change out of business, a business degree into an education degree. Because I realized that education is this great leveler. It's the thing that enables us to step into our authentic selfhood when it's done well and when it comes from a place of love. Uh, and so that's been my journey. I spent six years as a teacher and a school principal in public schools in South Australia. Most of that was in a First Nations context, very remote, like kind of called a reservation in the United States. Uh, you know, and I was the only white guy kind of on the football team for a few years. And so again, man, speaking to you, you know, a beautiful man of color, like for me, it was my first understanding of whiteness. And that for me, again, was just a deep moment of, ah, oh, okay, interesting. You know, like that's, that was just another big part of my journey, I think, is understanding who I am, where I come from, and how I need to show up if I want to be part of creating a better world. So six years working in schools, young school principal. Um, that was also a bit of a baptism by fire. And then, yeah, I moved over and joined, you know, a startup, a really a great team, young team, talking about innovation and change, good education change makers. And that's where we first met at one of the conferences that, that we put together. And after four years of, 
you know, a really wonderful journey. I kind of felt called to step away from that. I was burnt out as well, you know, mm-hmm. separated with my partner that was in Adelaide. I was in Melbourne, we're doing long distance and kind of just set off and started following my own curiosity and, you know, where might, where might that take me? And yeah. so that's what I've been doing for the last three years really is, okay, well, what might be my greatest contribution? What's my highest calling and what's my highest self? to be frank as well. So a lot of that's inner work as well as outer work. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done lots of study at universities, got a couple of postgraduate degrees. A lot of it's about knowledge acquisition and where I'm at right now is, okay, how do you couple that with presence and maybe even wisdom development, right? Things that I've learned from First Nations um, yeah. around the world, but particularly here in Australia. So yeah, now I run a, I run a portfolio life, a bit like yourself, you know, mm-hmm. a non-profit called Karanga, which is the Alliance for Social, Emotional Learning and Life Skills. And so we're really interested in connecting the champions of that world. You are one of them, of course, to try to you know, elevate the other parts that make us human in our social systems, our education systems. Yeah. I run a consulting company called The Learning Future. I'm really obsessed with, okay, how do we visit the future, return to the present and then powerfully act? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's around education leadership in particular, but also kind of how do we change companies and company cultures? Yeah, and then also ecology. Uh, this is a bloody long introduction, by the way. But, uh, you know, hey, um, yeah, and, you know, like maybe it's not about us. It's about the bio-collective. It's about yeah. the environment of which we are part, you know. When we say we've lost connection from nature, we forget that we are nature. And that means we've lost connection from ourselves. And so a lot of that is, yeah, how do we kind of imbue this idea of regeneration into the center of all of our economies societies um yeah so that's kind of the journey i've been on yeah that's exciting man that's like thank you for sharing that i think one of the things that we've done in this podcast is the, the idea is that because as it becomes a conversation that that i, I want to read a bio of just like of, i want a man to share what things that are either right now present the things that are like a part of me that i'm feeling coming forth but also like Man, imagine, I don't know, I don't think I knew, I knew you were a teacher and a principal. And I think of that list of things, mm, I think that's about all I knew, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and man. I think that that's, the, that's the amazing, right? It's like, oh, like there's so much more to the story than we could ever be able to get. So thank you for sharing that. And I, and I think what we try to do in these conversations is that how do we give men a space to of all ages, you know, our youngest mm. participant has been 13, right? How do mm. we give the, even that, that young man a, a space to be able to say, I am, am I was seen today. I mm. got to share what I felt good about sharing. It wasn't like a, a thing that it was crafted to just to do whatever it needs to do. And so I think today as we get a chance to make these masks, it's like, yeah, I, I feel it. And I'm excited about it. And I'm excited that you get a chance and we get a chance to have a deeper conversation. And I remember the last time I, I, when we did, when I did the workshop in Australia, I think there were so many people. I don't, I don't, I don't know you were like helping a lot. So I don't even know if you were in that session, but uh, that was a beautiful session. And so I'm glad, uh, and you were at the screening. So I first, the first night at the screening um, and that was fantastic. That mm. was, man, that was beautiful. And uh yeah, it's just an amazing learning experience. Man, I think, um, yeah, and it was an amazing learning experience for me. And I think that's what, like, 
who I am at the deepest level is is really a curious learner. And man, I like I that taking off the mask documentary and your work, you know, it's become embedded into how I show up and how I articulate things, particularly with men, particularly in the kind of Australian context, you know, which has lots of parallels with other Western contexts around the world. Um, yeah, man, and I, I just, I wonder, particularly in kind of the status-driven world that sometimes we find ourselves in, what we might call the ego, right, which is asking the wrong questions to begin with, which is, yeah, Shanti, tell me, tell me what you do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, prove to me you're worthy, as opposed to tell me who you are. And I just think, you know, like what's exciting you? What's lighting you up right now? What's the thing that keeps you up at night? Like those are the deep questions. Like we do so much small talk and we should kind of substitute that with big talk or deep talk. Um, yeah, and that's exactly what you're doing through the way, you know, through I see you as who you are. And from that place, then we get to choose what we do and what we know. And that's flipped for me, I would say, in the last number of years. Before it was about what I needed to know to be enough. Like, you know, I was obsessed with knowledge acquisition. I mean, I'm, I speak a bunch of other languages now. I was monolingual at 18. And that's awesome. And I love it. It's like a skill. It's a passion. And also there's just, there, I've noticed that there was an element of that that came from me being a young boy and feeling like a complete failure with language, with spelling, with handwriting. And so the pathology kind of can drive the kind of, clench towards uh, be enough as opposed to you know do the inner work and go to pathos like talk about story be held in circle right with other men in particular i right? do men's work True. and then you get to the point where like ah oh, cool i can just choose from here from a place of wholeness you know um yeah so that's just that's just part of that journey i think and i really do appreciate what you're doing um yeah and how you show up I'm, I'm excited you just said a word that i'm actually gonna come back to i think you said the word pathos and i'm gonna come back to him i'll just write that down group of students the other day um i told them to ask some questions i was like ask any question the middle schoolers i was like ask any mm. question something you're curious about something you you think about you're wondering about yeah. and man they were asking me all kind of questions about me and i was like really is that what you really you're interested in? I want. I wanted some. So they were like, uh, "What are you? How old are you? What's your favorite color?" I'm like, "Really? This is. A, I'm thinking you're gonna ask about the world and about, yeah. Like, and uh, they said, uh, "What did they say? They said, uh, I forgot the. I forgot why I brought that question up. Something. Well, it's because. Well, you know, the deep, the deep self questions versus the small talk questions. You know. Like, that's right. That's right. What do you know versus who are you? I think it's such mm. a powerful distinction. Like how do we start with who we are, then what we can do, and then what we know. And that's also the way that we design curricula, I think, yeah. the way we design organizational cultures. How do you yeah. be, how do you, and you said it before, Ashanti, like just to feel like I was seen today. It's mm. one of the most, I mean, I get goosebumps even conceiving of that. I mean, that is, that's human connection at a deep yeah. level to be yeah. seen and to be heard and to be uplifted and humanized yeah. and everything. And that comes from a place of love, you know, um, right. and everything else comes from the opposite place, right? Which is fear, Man. which is maybe I'm not enough Ashanti, So I'm going to project my insecurities onto you and like mm -hmm. compete with you. 
and try to get into a status thing and, my, and our egos will kind of battle it out as opposed to just showing up and saying, all right, how do we yeah. do beautiful work together Yeah, while we're here? Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. That's right. And, and a group of middle schoolers today were the same way where, you know, I've, I've been in workshops before where you're just like trying to like, trying to like be in the performance mode of like keeping them all together. And today yeah. I just felt like, I'm going to just, I'm going to just, how, how do I just channel just being present nice. and, and, and channeling that one young man who I, who I, something was calling, he was, his, his, he was calling attention, not in a negative way. He was like, he was volunteering for everything. He was participating in everything. And he like really took an opportunity to like take off his mask today. And it, and I think he's still stirring in my head as I think about that. Like I just held, I just held space for him, you know, like as mm. a facilitator, as a teacher, as an educator, as a, a, a friend, right? Just saying, I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. And even at even one point having like, you know, have him dial back a minute. Like I'm going to have you hold on to that thought right there because I want to hear you, but I want to I want to come back to that, right? And him yeah. him getting it, him seeing it, feeling it that it wasn't trying to shut him down, but giving him like I want you to hold like where you're going to go right now. We're not ready for that right now. Yeah, but, nice. but you but, but we are going to be ready for that in about five minutes. So hold it. And like him saying, I said you won't forget, right? He's saying no. And then when he came wow. back, he came back with another punch in the emotional solar plexus. And I think that's not only with all of us, right? But you and I now get a chance to do this together, right? But how do we just be like okay? I'm going to just go, I'm going to go where I feel like I can go. Knowing that yeah. it's not just you and me having a talk in Australia, you know, right? You know, it's not just that kind of you. We're having a talk, but we're also knowing that other people are, are going to learn from us and hear from us and, and experience this too, right? So there's a, there's a pieces of that, those puzzles kind of play into the conversation. So thank you for being here. And, and I think as a guest, you get to decide who goes first. So either you you share your mask first or I share mine first but you get to choose wow thanks for the choice oh um <laughs> of all the choices that I'm like, oh. uh you know what actually I'd love to hear yours first Ashanti okay it's been a while since we caught up so I'd love to hold space I appreciate that Thank you, man. So I'll share the front, and then I'll, I'll ask you to share your front, and then I'll share the back of mine, and then we'll go like that. Okay. Nice. All right. So this is one I've been drawing. This is a mask I've been trying to like. I've been trying to work on lately. This is this is the picture. Let's see. Get the picture there. Oh, cool. And uh, it says serious, hmm. careful, and passionate. <sighs> and I and I usually write caring on here. I've I've written caring a lot lately. Um. These are the ones that stood out to me today because I think after after today, this today's workshop, I think um, and I'm really I'm I'm, a, I'm not only my big size wise, I'm a big guy, right? But I think when I think I'm serious, like I take this work very serious, right? I take this opportunity mm. serious, and so I think I use these three because of what I felt from today's workshop. I was letting the young men see I was serious. I was really careful to how do I, you know, because they're middle school and they're they're sixth graders, they're young, right? And mm. if I'm like, if I'm too loud or I'm too uh, serious, they could take it. Like I've had young, I've had, you know, middle schoolers hear me the wrong way or take the energy. Yeah. Cause I'm like, like, you know, and I've just learned to be that. But I, today I was really careful because I felt like I really felt the need to like hold the space. Cause these, these kids have not been in, if they're sixth graders, they haven't had a full year of school since the fourth grade. 
Wow. You know? That's yeah. the last time they had a full... No, no, no. The third grade. Third grade. They haven't had a full year of school since the third grade. So they're... they're you know what I'm saying? Socially, they're yeah. still elementary kids. They haven't had a lot of practice of like, oh, no, you don't talk, you don't talk to people like that. You don't say things like that. Because they've been in their own house looking at a screen on mute. So... You, a lot of social cues get lost in a, in a year and a half, right? Um, mm. And but there were there were just some beautiful boys in there, and I was really trying to be. And the passion I think comes in really quick, but I think I was I, I underlined careful. I don't know why I even underlined it, but I guess I underlined it because I think I was more focused on trying to be really careful because knowing that they're caring a lot, and when you make mm. a space for people to open up. And young people definitely. My job is to like not uh, hmm, invite them to open up, but in a yeah. way that doesn't hurt them. It yeah. doesn't. They they go so deep and then they realize, uh oh, people couldn't handle everything I shared about myself. And um and so today this is what really resonates. I think I'm I think I'm careful in lots of ways. You know, in conversation with staff, in conversation with teams, and conversation with clients. Some things that make me frustrated, and I'm like. Don't say what you think. Don't say what you. And I got good masks, so I just like. Oh, okay. And so I'm always like trying to like, like, how do I say this carefully? Because I'm 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 calculating my I'm calculating a lot of things as I'm speaking. Right? How's my facial expressions? How am I projecting? What my facial? What, am, I, am I am I smiling while I'm saying it? Am I saying it calm enough? So I think I I I often think about those things really. I mean, maybe it's more of a behind the mask and I'm being careful, but I think I really try and be very careful um, on how I say, you know, I'm really trying to figure out how to say this. <laughs> so I say it well, as opposed to feeling like it came out sideways, right? If I'm saying something to someone that's maybe more challenging or more uh, corrective in, 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 in words or action. So those are the ones that showed up to me today. Um, serious, passionate, and careful. Mm. Um yeah, that's that's the front. Nice. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. And I really yeah, feel a lot you. of that as well. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. That's awesome. Uh, here's mine. Uh, okay. Three three bits. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. Uh, not really. <laughs> there you go. Kind you of. got the angle. The angle. There's a good angle. Got the Let angle. So confidence. Yep. Warmth. Intelligence. Yeah. So the idea of. Being confident, being warm, and being intelligent is uh, awesome. It's one of my favorites, one of my favorite masks. Because, you know, particularly the piece around intelligence. Um, yeah. I've, what I've discovered on this journey, Ashanti, is that, you know, at some point as a young boy and as a teenager, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, to be really valuable you got to know a lot mm. and you've got to be someone that can kind of step in with knowledge when it's required. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, that piece, you know, um, around, yeah, just being known as, oh yeah, look, I knows a lot like that, that kind of mask. It's, I can often step forward and, and like, turn like it's kind of step into teacher mode right which is oh let me share knowledge here <laughs> and um, even when it's not required or asked for it's like oh but this is, here's a really fun fact you know <laughs> and i was like dude what are you what are you doing um it's interesting <laughs> but not 
totally relevant, but um, that my confidence, yeah, man, that's how I kind of walk in and, and the idea of performing as well. Like I have a drama background and so mm. like literally the dramatic arts is about wearing different masks, embodying yeah. sometimes in the Stanislavski method, like a character and you literally put on a different mask and idiosyncrasies and mannerisms and become somebody else. I mean, mm. acting so powerfully a study of the human condition, I think. Um, so, yeah, that and so walk. Say, say, say the name of that process again? Was the name of the process you said that it was about the putting on the mask? Oh, Stanislavski? The Stanislavski method, which Stanis is called, it's called method acting, which is where you okay. embody a character wholly and completely. You know, like mm. Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger in The Joker. You know, okay. no okay. one knows he's act. It's he's that thing. I mean, it's kind of a. It was a method um, in the 20th century, yeah. early 20th century. So, um, yeah. So that mm. kind of bit for me is like confident intelligence and warmth. You know, like that is my natural disposition. All these things are. And sometimes what I've done with this mask on in the past is kind of been kind of gone a bit too much towards toxic positivity, I would even say. Mm. Which is say, I'm going to be warm even though like I'm really sad. I'm just going to be warm because people don't like me when I'm sad. <laughs> you know, mm. or being sad is like vulnerable. And yeah, so that's kind of, that's the front of my mask for today. It's the morning for me. So I haven't had, you know, um, <laughs> I haven't worn much of it. But, but like as a general principle, like I can, I can really feel those, the times that I kind of turn that on and become a bit performative and often if I'm facilitating as as you also do like a big room of teachers or principals like it would be confident warm and intelligent it would just be yeah. like a thing I could just to so easily put on and just yeah. run a whole day and then kind of get to the end of them kind of go oh um, yeah 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 well, that, I mean, that's beautiful and it's really interesting when you talk about the po toxic positivity I want to think about that I want to think about this method acting thing where it's I wonder for people who in their workshops have to stay energetically positive the whole time if they actually love it and it feels really good. I know for me, because I'm going to tell some hard things, I get I get to bounce back and forth, right? And I, and I get to right. bounce back between, anybody ever had a hard day? Man, like I get to like, well, my, I don't have a memory, I don't have a script. So I'm talking about stuff that... Yeah that I'm either watching kind of in the body language, but I'm also talking about stuff that I've either experienced before, but but I'm going from the, man, anybody felt like they were, they had some good people in their life before? Oh man, yeah, me too. And then anybody felt like they had somebody who betrayed their trust before? Man, like, yeah. and to be able to have the weave of the of the two, right? To be able to, hmm. and sometimes I'm gonna share a tough story because I'm really trying to get them to take off the mat. I think it's, I wonder, Hmm. Interesting. Because I'm trying to get them to take off the mask. Like I think positivity is great, and I told them today, or I tell them, and it usually works. So I say, "What? Well, I want you to have a wide range of emotions that you can navigate nice. through." And I think it's kind of like that 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 method acting, right? Yeah. Where can you? Maybe even we should do that in one of our workshops. We should give people a chance to like. Can somebody show me what it looks like to to be angry? Exactly. Maybe even have them have them do it. Like I, I, you gave me an idea for trying something next time, but I'm, I'll, I'll come back to this because thank you for sharing that and um and it, it actually gave me some really good ideas. Okay, thank you. 
Thank Man, you, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. We got you, we, ideas are flowing. The ideas are flowing right now. Okay. We're going to the back. Maybe I'm trying to maybe I'm trying to stall time because I want to talk about the back right now. But here we go. It's it's coming. <laughs> here we go. All right. So the back. Here we go. It says mm-hmm. worry, people pleaser. I wrote shadow right there, and then I wrote my brother's mental health and. So the one that's really present, I think, is, well, lots of them are present. Like, my brother's mental health is, I feel like he's getting, he's deteriorating a little bit. My brother has schizophrenia. Um, He has paranoid schizophrenia, and um, he's my, I'm the oldest, and then it's my sister, then my brother. So it's my my first brother. Um, And, yeah, he's going through it right now. He's living in a place and I need to, you know, I've been trying to help with his placement because he has a, he got released from one of his other facilities. That was a, you know, fairly decent facility. It was in a kind of a rough kind of a part of Oakland, but it was, it was fairly decent inside. And now he's in yeah. a rougher part of Oakland and it's not decent inside. So it's kind of like he's uh-huh. feeling stressed. And uh, when he feels stressed, it's coming, it's coming my way. It's coming my way. It's coming to the family, right? He's going to, you know, bring it to your doorstep, whether it's three in the morning or 6 a.m., yeah. <laughs> whenever he needs to bring it. And um, and I, I have I dance between these two worlds of like, dude, what, I told you I'm going to be showing up to my house at three in the morning. And then the part of me is like, you must really be struggling to be showing up at my house at three in the morning. Hmm. But also like, how do I, I mean, how do you train a 30 plus year old, right? He is not like, I mean, he doesn't know where else to go, I guess, right? I mean, where else do you go um, except home or to family, right? And to be upset and irritated, but also figuring out which parts can he actually handle, which which parts are part of the schizophrenia, which parts are – I mean, there's no cure for schizophrenia. I mean, they're going to medicate you. They're going to give you some stuff. He can name off all the stuff he's taken. Mm. What happened when it doesn't work anymore? What happened when it doesn't? What happened when you were trying to explain to people that it's not working anymore and the people don't get it because they thought? And so I think I I worry about that a lot. And I worry about um, some of these programs out there that are supposed to help people. You know, there's a lot of homeless in Oakland and a lot of a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people living on the streets are are have mental health issues. And and some of them don't have anybody. Who's advocating for them? I mean, my brother has people who advocate for him, and it's even hard for me, who I think I have a lot of my my wellness connected, that I'm dealing with this system, and I'm like, this is jacked up. Like, mm. you, you put him from one facility to a worse facility. He's telling you that it's worse, and you're telling me that you got to wait. The people who live there, who are fine living there, great. He's not fine, li- you know. So now all, it's all the dance of like, then I have to like. Be kind to the people on the phone, even though deep down they're being. You might be careful who's listening to this audio. <laughs> they're being ridiculous in their thinking, right? Because <laughs> sometimes I want to be like, "What?" He, mm. when a person with a mental health issue is telling you that the place they're living is stressing them out, and you tell them, "Oh, well, just hang in there." Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to not know that your place you're living is stressing you out, but to know it and be like asking for people who are supposed to fix it. So I, I worry about that, and that's a worry. That's my has, um, and I think that that's part of me is like, um, 
feeling that pressure, feeling that pressure to like try and say and support him, even though I'm, I'm so sick of, I'm taking a vacation, you know, I'm taking a vacation finally coming up. And I, uh, sometime I, over Thanksgiving, I was going to go see my sister and my nephews in LA. My brother came to my house two days before I was going to fly out of town, just like spinning. Right. And I could, and I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't leave. I was like, no one else is in town. Everyone is down where my sister is. What's going to happen if no one's here for him? And so I, I, I canceled my own trip. And so that that part of people pleasing, like it's family, right? You, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be considered a people pleaser because you're going to help family. No, but that's why I did it. I, I, I didn't do it for a show. I didn't do it to prove anything to anyone. I didn't do it to put on a show for anyone. I did it because I didn't, I wanted to please him. I wanted to, I wanted to help, but also if there was nothing else in the way, I would have been in LA, you know? Mm. And so sometimes those things are the ones that I don't talk much about, but, but I, but I process, right. And I process, right. Um, and then I think the last thing I'll talk about around the people pleaser piece is I, I've been, um, the worry I had, I had a situation like a racist situation happened in a parking lot at a grocery store a couple of months ago. Oh man. And, um, and I recorded it, I recorded it and, and I think what I've been doing is, I think internally I've been like, I've been telling a few people about it. I've showed it, I showed it a couple of times. I've not posted it anywhere. And I think I've been like trying not to, huh, it's probably in the context of the people pleasing. Like I don't want to, hmm. am I, am I looking for attention to share it? Am I like, what, what's the purpose behind it? And I think I've been looking for permission to share it. But what I do know is that it's not going away. My thought yeah. about, about what's happening in our own communities, what, what, I, and I, I find this finding myself, like, what am I trying to do? Who am I protecting from this, this showing this, right? Maybe I'm protecting from attention that I don't want to get unnecessary attention. Maybe I'm protecting from other, I don't know. But I think as I think about it, I'm like, Every day I think about this video, I'm like, are you going to share it or not? Are you going to share it or not? And why am I keep thinking about it? Because it was, it was painful. I, 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 the pain of it is not going away. The, every time, is ignoring it going to help? Is keeping it just locked in my phone, just like pretending like it didn't happen to me? Is it going to help? It's not making it better. It's, it's been several months. I, I haven't forgotten about it. So anyway, those are the things that I think are on the back of my mask today. So, hmm. I'll stop there. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you, Ashanti. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Yeah, man. I really feel you as well. Like, yeah. And how these things that happen to us, if we're called from family or if someone projects their own fear onto you, onto us, like it's, it's interesting about how we hold onto them. Yeah. And how, and how we let them go. I think that's, that's what I've been spending a lot of time with is how, how do I, how do I allow myself to let go of something that if I continually recall, takes me to a place of suffering, <laughs> you know, it's kind of non-attachment work in some ways. Like maybe it's a healing journey. Yeah. I don't know. Deepest level. Um, back of my mask, dude, is like, to get the angle going, <laughs> uncertain, <laughs> alone, different. And so I've kind of gone for, I would say like, yeah, more general states across my life. 
particular for the last few for a few years, you know, like there's been, oh, hell for all of us, been a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to know. I, I really, I want to share this. Like I, I was told by someone I really care about recently that um, why am I so certain in all parts of my life except relationships? And I was like, is that how you experience me? <laughs> was kind of my response. I was like, really? Yeah. So that's interesting because that, that to me showed me part of the mask I kind of hadn't seen yet, which is that, oh, yeah, I show up as this confident, you know, capable human being a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and people experience that. But actually underneath, it's like I don't have a plan. I don't really have a plan, you know, mm. like of where I'm going to, like where I'm going to live, who I'm going to be, who I'm going to be with, you know, these kinds of big questions. So, yeah, yeah that uncertainty, I want to, uh, I would love to let more people in to see. And I think I'm, I'm down that path a little bit since discovering that, yeah. which is to say like the part of me that wants to be the intelligent, confident guy, instead I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But here's a question we could ask together. And this is kind of manifesting in all the work that I do now as well. It's like, actually, what's the mental model? What's the, what's the bit that we're not seeing here? Like, how do we kind of transform the way we see the world? Because, you know, in, I really do believe that we see the world as, not as it is, but as we are. Mm. And so that's the, how do you kind of get to the point where it's really clean and clear? Yeah. You know, you, so, I mean, the principle that I kind of try to bring into my life is have clarity but not certainty. That's what I'm trying to do now is be mm -hmm. clear about my needs, about my actions, um, mm. but try, don't kind of clench towards this. It has to be this way, this certainty, this perfectionist curse, you know, that I've done a lot of work I'm doing, Ashanti, over the years. The bit around, you know, loneliness as well is interesting. And I think it comes, it's linked to the other one, which is difference or different. You know, um, it's funny, like as a, as a kid, I was kind of quite eccentric and a real dreamer. And I've had, you know, there's these real impactful moments that happened as a young boy, um, you know, in primary school and then into high school where I just felt like I was odd. Like, and what I learned in those moments of kind of sharing like you know the kind of creative part of me or something else right like a connection that i hadn't seen is that it was shown to me that that was not the safe thing to do it was not the right thing to do and so i kind of in some ways that's where my to your point that's where my people pleasing comes from i feel which is the seek approval because authenticity at its depth is not safe uh so yeah that's that that piece and again, I think it's feeling through just be myself all the way, um, which is, yeah, really powerful um, to feel through. You said seek approval because authenticity is not safe. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And that's a piece powerful, of brother. Yeah, well, it's a piece of work that Dr. Arna Rubenstein's spoken about before. He runs the Rite of Passage Institute here in mm -hmm. Australia. One, lots of beautiful focus on kind of, yeah, how do you do that better and men's circles. And, and that's the idea is that we, we kind of seek this approval over authenticity because it's mm. the approval means that we're in 
we're part of, we're inside the circle as opposed to outside the circle. Yeah. And authenticity is one of the scariest things I feel that so many of us can do because it's saying, regardless of how people respond to me, I'm just going to show up as myself. Yeah. Man, I know that yeah. bit around you being careful as well is interesting. Yeah, like I feel that a lot because it's like, actually, that's me, like maybe, yeah, coming from a beautiful place. And also like when I'm careful, it's also making myself slightly smaller. Mm. You know? mm. um, do you know what I mean? And you're a, you're a larger statue, like man than I am as well, as you know, so you, you have a presence. Um, and I love it. I love it. Best hugs ever, oh, dude. Oh, man. But, you know, I feel like that bit is like care. The care is around yeah. approval, yeah. Not, not upsetting anyone when really the greatest contribution maybe we can make is just being more of ourselves. Because when we do that, we're not clenching, we're not competing we're just serving and contributing. Oh man, that's it right there. When you said <laughs> that, the careful part is, oh man, oh man, oh man. And as leaders, educational leaders, as people who are in education, who are who have opinions, who have thoughts, who have ideas, who are creative. Sometimes when you go in to work with other educators, hmm. like, like I'm, I think. Well, <laughs> When you said try and play small, right? And most times it's because I'm not trying to hurt, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Yeah. Like, I, oh man, man, oh man. Like, I've seen these educators who I, I love educators. So, yeah. and I was an educator. So, when I, I tell people when I talk bad about educators, don't take it personal. I, I first of all, I love them. My mom is an educator, I'm an educator. And so I'm I'm I'm, so I'm a part of the team as well, but I also I I have I feel like I have the right to be critical, and when I'm being critical is out of the service of trying to make it better in the future, you know. And I think, I mean, I've seen schools do some things that you just see you like, are we, are you really want to wait till we see a problem? It's December first. Yes, everybody's tired, of course, but we see a problem happening with our students. We're gonna wait till January. You really gonna like? Wait three more weeks of December, send kids home to their wherever homes they're going to for two weeks and then bring them back in January and then work on the thing that we've already noticed. Mm. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I'm not claiming that it's easy to take time out of whatever schedules you have to do some deep work that, with kids. But also I'm like. The waiting game has I don't often see how that helps. And I think sometimes I'm just like. And then, but also because I'm an outsider, right? I'm 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 coming in. I'm having to be careful how I push, right? Right? Because there's money involved, right? I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a salesperson on this context, even though I don't want to mm -hmm. see it that way. If mm -hmm. if we don't get you to bring us in to do the work, we don't have revenue to do the work, right? So I'm I'm yeah. clear about that. And so, how do you have a how do you how do you speak from a place where I speak just really authentically and clearly clear? And trust that you can handle it, <laughs> and that you're not going to be like, well, "We're not, we're not bringing them in here." How dare he speak to us that way, right? When you see some places that you're like, no one is speaking up because everyone's afraid, and and, and maybe I feel that way. I feel like a chicken sometimes. Mm. I feel like a chicken sometimes of speaking out against injustices that I see in the world because I don't want to make people mad. I don't want to make potential potential not not even current donors. The donors who are donating, they're the people who 
already f- know that we we mean we have the best intentions, but potential yeah. donors I'm trying to not make mad. So I don't so sometimes I, I hold back speaking some of my truth. And I think that's part of this work is not it's this next phase. It's my it's my 2022 work is mm-hmm. how long are you gonna play small, Ashanti? You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Tomorrow tomorrow is we hope. We can hope for it, mm. but it's not promised. So how, how much you how much are you gonna leave on the table when you leave this mm. place, right? Like yeah. there, you know, and I think I heard this recently from Les Brown where he talked about um, you know, that he talks about this vision of being being done with your life and 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 the dreams of the dreams that were left behind are just looking at you saying, Man, we we were waiting for you to to do we were waiting, we were waiting for you. Right, just just see wow. the, those dreams that you were like. I held back because I was afraid of like making somebody mad. I was afraid of pushing somebody's buttons, and I think that is where I'm working towards in this next year. Like, this is my end of the year reflection. I've already started the reflection, but how how much more bold can I be? Yeah, in 2022 to 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 know that if I'm coming from the best intentions, I, I just need to keep going forward, and I need to trust that. Those people who are meant to hear it will hear it. And those people who are not, are not. And as opposed to holding it back from everybody, because I'm afraid of the ones who are going to feel a little grumbly because of it or feel activated because of it, you know? Mm. Mm. Oh, man. How many of your dreams are going to, yeah, are going to be waiting for you saying, hey, where were you? (laughs) Where were you? See, that's that's a beautiful piece. I mean, I there's that that joke, you know, like on your tombstone, just to go straight to that, like yeah, you know, look up, Harry died potential intact. Mm. You know, like that's that's not that's mm. not the way that I wanted to go. You know, it's really, yeah. and I think you say it. It's like bold, like being bold, and by being bold, I think we mean being more of ourselves. You know, it's not about having to kind of go into the hustle culture and kind of get into the hyper toxic, frankly, masculine space of like, yeah, you're like going to grind it out. You got to, you got to stretch, you got to suffer through the pain. Like, you know, the Goggins kind of approach. That's not my, I'm not called to that at all. I don't think it's the right way. I actually yeah. think it's about, yeah, self-forgiveness, self-compassion. And if you do that enough and you come from that beautiful place, you know, you know your intentions, you're completely clear with the change you're trying to make in the world. And if other people can't hold you in that, that's actually not your responsibility anymore because you're on the court. You're trying to make it better for, for the people you're trying to help, that we're trying to help. I mean, it's the whole beautiful thing about being an educator is it's about human growth and development. Um, and so it's something that I think is just really beautiful for us to continue to think about. I'm sorry. Say the last thing you were saying. Uh, hey, I don't know if this is going to make it in the clip or not. We're going to pretend like it didn't happen, but I think we're going to let it happen. We have a... Goodbye. I, mean, I think we come down to the end, but you were saying something right before I lost you last time. You were talking about the the grinding and the, and the pressure and the, like... And then you said something about being completely clear, and then that's when uh, we, we missed that last part. Do you remember what you were saying about grinding and yeah. being completely clear? Well, I think, man, it's like the the question is who do we choose to be? I think yeah. is the question. It's not yeah. what are we going to learn? What are we going? You know, what skill sets do we need to develop? Like those are also questions, but they're subsequent. 
to the first, which is who do we choose to be and therefore who do we become? And yeah, for me, I think you can look around the world and a lot of it is about clenching and kind of, you know, in some ways like really striving, but in an unhealthy way. And I feel like some of, some of it really just comes from this idea of worthiness. I mean, how much do we really need to experience true Mm. fulfillment and happiness? Like actually, you know, like what matters most of all belonging, right? Connectedness, Mm. like ability to contribute, to have agency over one's life. You know, those are the, that's the real things, right? And yeah, we need resources to be able to do that well and we should distribute them in a proper way as part of a society and an economy and a government. Mm. But actually, like, there's also things that we can do. Um, and so that's, that I think is the bit. It's like, how do we enable ourselves? How do we pull, not push? How do we create conditions under which things emerge? And I really feel as educators in particular, like as men, as human beings, um, anybody it's yeah who do we choose to be what do we need to do and what what might we find out and enjoy that journey and as you said you know like not play small yeah actually be a force of nature and live your life like a blazing torch rather Mm. than a brief candle right Mm. george bernard shaw quote that i'm paraphrasing goes Mm. it's just that that to me really sums it up it's like how do i get out of my own way how do we get out of our own way and from that place Mm. you know really contribute structured love which is what yeah is what you do brother it's what great educators do it's what great parents do they they give structured love so it's not just about the love it's about a structure which gives us rigor to be able to yes achieve evolve learn yeah man that's kind of the journey i'm on and i tell you what this year for all of us with covid and everything else there's been a lot of you know inward orientation as well as outwards orientation um Mm. and i think it's about understanding the connection between those two things how we feel about ourselves will absolutely influence how we behave and how Mm. people experience us so so true yeah. I love that analogy of a, a blazing torch as opposed to a burning candle. Yeah. Like, am, am I just am I am I am I going after it? Am I put am I in the service of the beautiful part of the work? Not in the I'm grinding myself to the ground like into little pieces, but I'm 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 like pushing mm. forward in the mission of the, uh, clearing out the stuff that doesn't need to be there, but also moving towards the 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 the, the, the goal. Mm. So you have a Thank you, brother. I first of all I want to say so glad that we got to be in this conversation. I think, you know, I, I tell everyone in, in these conversations that, you know, the conversation will do what it's supposed to do, and all the little interruptions are like if we couldn't get back to it, it was clear that it was not it was done. But I think uh-huh. every I think the, the the little the little things that happen in the moment are like, but this is a real conversation, so a moment of pause doesn't make the conversation go away because it wasn't like dependent on any script. It wasn't dependent on any, it was just two people connecting, having real conversation. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. And so uh, thank you for being a part of this conversation today. So good to see you again. So good to see the sun shining. I have no sun right where I'm at. So good to see the sun shining, (laughs) filling up the room. And um, uh, take a picture of the ocean for me, please. 
<laughs> Bro, I will. <laughs> Man, thank you for inviting me on and thank you for what you're doing for communities thank and for the world. It really matters. But, oh, Luca, you know, we forgot one thing. Can you tell yeah. folks how they can um, find you? Like how they can learn about your work? Where, 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 should, where, where are the places that they should follow you to learn about what you're doing? Will you share that so that we can make sure we have um, opportunity for folks to follow you in that way? Sure. No worries, man. Um, yeah. Uh, my It's a Greek first name last and a Welsh last name. So that's it. L-O-U-K-A-P-A-R-R-Y. Just put that into your search engine. And I think actually wonderfully, Ashanti, it's the only combination of those two names that exist in the world. So you're not going to come across anybody else. Um, yeah, but love to connect with anyone that's, that's doing really, really great work um, in education and beyond. Fantastic, man. Well, thank you, Luca Perry. So great to have you. Good to see you and looking forward to uh, connecting with you again. Absolutely, man. All right. Cheers. Go on. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Taking Off the Mess podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon. <laughs>